the message this morning is going to be really simple. There's just going to be a couple parts to it, basically. But um, I think it's the most important thing anybody could hear today. And uh, it's not because I'm saying a word. It's because it's God's going to talk to us this morning. So um, could you pull up that first slide for me, guys, the, the verses that we're going to look at today? A lot of people know these verses by heart. This is um, the English Standard Version, which isn't typically what I memorize verses in. But I think it's a good verse, a set of verses for us to, to uh, look at. It's very easy to read. So let's just read these together out loud, okay? Let's follow along here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Some interesting stuff there. Works is mentioned in a couple different contexts. We want to sort that out a little bit this morning. But before we do that, I want, to, I want to run through a couple more slides. One of the things that we love to do here as a family is get together and serve God as a family. And so we're, we've got some, some cool things that have happened here. One of the big things that some of us guys like to do, you know, I was reading an article this week and it said, play helps you learn faster. So you, if your husband wants to play hockey with us, it's only going to help. Can I put that plug in there, ladies? It's only going to help. So, so yeah, uh, unfortunately, Jill's still waiting for some results on my end of it. But, but uh, if, you look, if you look at these pictures up here, I want you to take note of who's in the picture. So 2015-16 um, champions of our hockey league, uh, you see Pastor Brad there on the left, and then Josh in the back row there, second from the right. Uh, the 2016-17 and 17 champions, now, this is where it's a little redundant. Again, you see Josh in the back row on this championship team again, too. Josh can play hockey. He does all right. He's not Canadian or anything, but he's pretty good. All right? And then Jake Cohagen, who comes, and Jack Garvin's on that team for that year. And then uh, last year, in the 2017-18 campaign, uh, there's myself down the front row there and Brett Hammond, our youth pastor, in the back row there. So we've got a lot of guys that have played that play hockey. And we play hockey with a purpose. The whole purpose of the hockey is that we get together and we share Christ with people each and every week. So before we play hockey, these tough hockey players get together and we have Bible study every single week without exception. And then before we start our game, both teams get around a circle at center ice and we pray together before we start the game. And we ask each other, hey, how's it going? How's life? What's going on? We've seen some pretty traumatic things happen in the lives of these guys. So this is how we do some of our life together. We just get together and we play hockey. And it's awesome. I know. It's awesome. I, I, just, I love skating. There's just something about, I mean, you're on this blade. It's, it's a 32nd of an inch wide. And you cut hard. And you can, you can skate at top speed. You can skate as, as fast as... Uh, the fastest sprinters in the whole world, even if you're not like a great hockey player, right? But it's just that the discipline of the blade on the ice and being able to move your body in that way and, and then incorporate uh, shooting and passing and, and team play and stuff. It's, just, it's, just, it's a beautiful, very um, amazing and pretty and brutal picture all at the same time. It kind of gives everything in life. It's a lot of fun to do it to really be part of it. And it was, it's fun to, to have grown up in that and to be able to live in this state where we get to do that a lot. But the thing is, is we always bring Jesus with us wherever we go. 
And as hard as we play, and these guys are good, as hard as we play, the, most, the foremost thing that we want to do is make sure that people don't ever get a mixed message from us that we can play hockey in a way that doesn't honor and glorify God. Okay, we want to be able to do that as well. And so that's why this Fellowship of Christian Athletes League exists. And I'll tell you, Josh is the one that got us started as a church. He started many years ago. And Josh didn't grow up playing hockey. And so he's, um, he's really grown in his abilities, but he's always had this leadership role. And when I got on staff here, and you know, Brad had already helped out some with that, we just started pushing it. There's a lot of guys here. And I'll tell you what, that last team, this team in this picture right here, that's two teams this year. We split it, right? Because we have more guys coming in. This little fella right here with the hockey, with the, uh, the coat on and, the, and this uh, little toque there and stuff, and then the hockey sock over his shoulder, um, he's, he's not even American. Well, some of us aren't anyway, but, but uh, he, he just moved over here, right? He's never played hockey before. <clears throat> that was his first, first season at Simon, and uh, married a, a gal here from the U.S., but uh, he's Irish. Yeah, yeah, you know, he just had a big day. But he played last year and uh, broke his ankle. It was just a freak, weird accident. He just was warming up and broke his ankle. But you know what? He, he, he came back this year, his second year ever playing hockey, and the guy has really improved. This means a lot to him. To be in fellowship with these guys means a lot to him. For by grace, by grace, God's grace, God's goodness, his loving, merciful, unmerited favor that he extends to us. Like, we don't have to do anything for God's love. He just graciously gives it to us. He puts it out there for you to have, for you to take advantage of. You just have to take it, right? So it's by his grace that we're actually saved. And, and the, save, the salvation part is this, is that, um, and, and when you look at that, it just really means this. God rescues you. So it begs the question, Right? Do you need to be rescued? Yeah, as a matter of fact, you do. Every one of us does, without exception. We need God to save us. We need him to rescue us from a situation we can't get out of for ourselves. So to keep them with our hockey theme, I want you to understand this. <clears throat> Today, you're either saved and God has rescued you, or you're not. You're on one team or the other. There's only two teams. That's it. That's it. And so you ask yourself this morning, which team am I on? We just want to get you on God's team if you're not there already, okay? But it's God's, his, uh, his saving, uh, rescuing that comes that we need to, and uh, we need him because of this. We are born with a fallen nature, and if you look back at the first part of Ephesians chapter 2, and it says, I'm going to read from my Bible here, so it's NIV, I'm going to switch versions a little bit. But as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. We're objects of wrath. How, does, how do we become objects of wrath? You're born as a baby. How are you instantly objects of wrath? Because we are unholy. God made us in his image. Right? We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. But our spirit is separated from God, and so we are at odds with God. He can't take us, his holiness, his separateness, can't take us to heaven with him someday. And that's what he wants to do. So we just simply need to get on board with that and, and let him take us. Let him make us part of his team. But it takes this. 
You have to agree with God. You have to agree with God. Now, here's, what, here's one of the things that's really cool. So, um, over the years, I, I support, um, Jill, Jill and I support Bill Butters. She used to play for the North Stars. He has a great ministry now. And um, we get to run into lots of different people um, that played pro hockey and stuff like that. And one of the guys that we met, his name is Chico Resch. Anybody remember Chico Resch? Chico, um, some of you might remember him. He was a UMD Bulldog. UMD Bulldog. He, so he played there. He's from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan in Canada. So you might be from a little place when you're named after animals. But he's from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. But he came down, played for UMD, played four years there, and set all kinds of records. Next slide. Yeah, so he was inducted into the UMD Hall of Fame. They retired his jersey. He's only the fourth guy in the history of the school that was jersey retired because he set all the records, career and single-season records. He's been the best goalie they've ever had, right? So that's really cool. Well, then he goes on, and he plays in the NHL for 14 seasons. In 1980, well, I mistyped that. It's 79-80. In the 79-80 season, he, um, he won a Stanley Cup with the New York Islanders which is right after Montreal Canadiens, the best team, won five in a row. But anyway, um, he, won, he won a cup with the New York Islanders, which is really cool, right? It's not something that everybody gets a chance to do to be on a championship team like that. But uh, he went on for 14 years. But you know the thing is, God saved Chico. And what it took for him to understand it was simply this. Someone came to him and explained it in hockey terms. See, in hockey... Goalies are like anybody else who's playing on the ice. They can get a penalty, too. Now, in hockey, we have a box. It's called the penalty box, and you put people in it, and they have to sit there for a minimum of two minutes when they do something wrong. And um, if you do something really bad, you can get five minutes. It's called a major, or you can get kicked out of the game. There's, there's different options. But they have this penalty box. For those, who, those of us who play hockey, we call it the sin bin. All right? And there's, hockey's, you know, hockey's really awesome because for us guys, it's like just, there's like two things you have to remember. Number one, you don't ever slack. You work hard every shift. And number two, stay out of the sin bin, right? But Chico, was someone was talking to him about the Lord and being a goalie, he understood it because as a goalie, he could get a penalty. But you see, in hockey, goalies don't serve their own penalties. Someone sacrificially has to go to the sin bin for them. See, this morning, you're in the game, all right? And you're going to the sin bin. And Jesus says, hold on a second. If you'll let me, I'll go for you. I'll go in your place. I'll pay the penalty that you rightfully deserve. Is that awesome? It's awesome, all right? So Chico uh, does a great job. He goes around and shares his testimony a lot with different people, and I have great admiration for him. It's nice to have been an acquaintance of his. But it really it came down to this point. He just had to have faith in God's word, that God would do exactly what he said he would do. And that's it. We put faith in the fact that God has made all this provision for us. right? He's let us know up front, hey, you've got a problem. I can solve your problem. You're in the game, but you're on the wrong team. I can get you to the other team. You have a penalty that you have to serve, but I'll serve that for you too. He's doing everything for us. We just simply by faith have to go, yep, I'm going to stop trying to be in control of my life, and I'm going to let God be in charge. Isn't that cool? It's really awesome, isn't it? All right, so let God love you. Let God love you. And while you're on your way to the sin bin, let Jesus step in front of you and step in there, and then repent. You know what repent means? Turn around. Go the opposite direction. 
Turn around, but don't go back to the team that you were on. Go to God's team because that's where Jesus wants you to go. You got a new team. Right? So for by grace you are saved through faith. Right? <clears throat> but there's something really important. And this world is caught up, trapped, and can't get out of this. It's not of your own doing. Does anybody here know someone that's trying to work their way through this life on their own steam, in their own power? We all do. The world around us right now is in shambles. It's pretty obvious and it's simple and easy to see and identify. People are out there struggling. They're lonely and they're desperate. Why? Because the method, the world system that the Bible tells us about, right, that we just read about, it doesn't offer any solutions. There's nothing long-term in it. You may be able to put a patch on there and make a good living. Maybe you get to play a pro sport. But all those things are seasonal. They last for a short period of time, and then they're over. What takes care of you long-term? What really solves your problem? The only thing that solves your problem is this. Stop trying to do your own thing. You can't work to earn your salvation. Just accept God's gift. Just let him give you his gift. Well, what's the gift? The gift is this. Jesus was born as a man, lived on this earth, did not sin or committed transgression against his heavenly father. Right? He was brought up, it brought before this circus that falsely accused him, wrongfully convicted him, and then crucified him. That's God's gift. That's the good news. Right? But that's not all of it, is it? What's the rest of the good news? After Jesus was put in that grave, three days later, God raised him from the dead, and he has victory over death, over hell, over the grave. That's the gift. If you accept Christ as your Savior, you have victory over every one of those things, and God instantly puts you on his team. There's some really cool things about God's team, though. This is awesome stuff. Okay. Now, when we, we play on Thursday nights, generally speaking, sometimes we play Tuesdays, but we generally play Thursday nights. And it's so much fun because we'll watch each other's games because we cheer each other on and stuff. But one of the things that's happened, and um, she's not going to appreciate this really, but one of the things that happened is Jill, my wife, go ahead and stand up. You can see she's got a great jersey on, just like me. All right. <laughs> Just, yep, every clap. Give, give us the swirl. Give us the swirl. Yes. Yes. Thank you, thank you. All right. All right. Jill has her own ministry to those hockey teams. Okay? Our kids are older. One of the blessings I have is I get to play with my son, Luke. Uh, one of my best friends, Danny Manich. He was in the picture there with us. His son, Josh. And my youth pastor, right? I get to be on a team with my youth pastor and uh, sometimes my pastor. And Josh, and we've even, Josh and I have even been on the same team once or twice. But we get to play with the people that we love. And Jill comes, and all those guys that we get together and encourage one another, Jill comes and encourages all of us by coming to the games. We play sometimes games that start at 10.30 at night, and she will be there. Jill will be there. And we'll get home, and... My wife is really analytical, and so it's really fun because the guys love it because when they get off the ice, she can talk the talk with them. 
She knows exactly what happened in the game. Oh, and if you were dogging it out there, she might let you know that too. But, um, but I'll tell you what. In the last couple of weeks, one of the things that Jill did for us that was really, really special and it meant a lot is it was my birthday on March the 7th, which was a Thursday this year. And so Jill made, I don't even know what you call those things. You know those like Rice Krispie bar things that you make? Like you, and it has like peanut butter in them and then it has chocolate icing on top. Like you can't stop eating them, right? She made those for everybody, right? So we won, but the team that we beat came out and got treats from Jill afterwards. Did they really feel that bad? No, we couldn't get them to leave. These guys want to stay around and talk forever, right? But we were doing life together. Jill provides an opportunity for us to do life together. Why? Because she's just asked Jesus, can I be on your team? And she, if you look at our roster, we have an official website, and my wife is officially a staff member on our team, right? Because we know she's that important. And all the guys from all the teams look for her every week. If you're playing against me, they're looking to see if my wife is there. She is literally famous. And it's not because she's trying to be famous. You know, Jill, she's just the humble, work-behind-the-scenes kind of person. Right? But God is using her to touch the lives of these guys. And she has a chance to interact with them. And they appreciate her. Right? So, guys, listen. When you ask Jesus to be your Savior and Jesus puts you on the team, he doesn't just, like, put you on the bench. He's going to ask you to do something. And this is the great part. This is verse 10. This is the thing that's so exciting. After you know Jesus as your Savior, you get to move ahead with him, and you get to do life. I I don't know if you guys know this or not. I'm pretty fired up about being a Christian. Life is exciting when you're a Christian, right? Anybody anybody else here fired up? Right? We want to play that theme music again, right? Right? We're after it. It It is so awesome to be a Christian. And I'm not bragging because we get up in the morning, because we look good, because we smell good, because we're so talented. It has nothing to do with that. I get up every morning and I have no weight in my life. There's no burden from this earth. There's no, nothing holding me back. All right? Here's how it works. And this is the great thing about it. Because I don't have to worry about doing this for myself either. I just allow God to do this for me. So, in verse 10 it says this, For we are his workmanship. A lot of people would call this sanctification, and it is. Okay, so the first part is we ask Christ to be our Savior and we get saved. The second part is we become sanctified. God sanctifies us. And what that means is he takes us and sets us apart and makes us holy. And so now we're like him. Isn't that awesome? So here's one of the things. Someday, this earth suit, I'm going to be done with it. Okay? But I'm not worried about that. Why am I not worried about that? Because I'm going to be in transition. Because the team is going to move from here and this time and space, and God's going to recreate that, and he's taking me with him. And everybody else who is like me that he's made holy. That's awesome, right? This is a no-cut deal. In this whole life, all we do is compete, 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 and hope we can hang on sometimes by the skin of our teeth and not get cut and not get left out and not get dropped and not be forced, right, to leave. And God says, hey, you can't do it on your own. I'll do it for you. Let me do it for you. And by the way, you're always with me. You get to stay forever. You don't have to worry about are you going to be loved any more or less than any day. You don't have to worry about competing for my attention or my affection. I'm giving it all to you. 
And the thing that's really interesting in Ephesians, you got two different groups of people, right, that, that Paul's writing to when he wrote this, right? He's got the Jews that he was visiting in the synagogues and stuff like that, but you got all these pagan Greek people that they worshiped the false gods, goddesses, you know, right? Some of these guys, they made their money making little statues and monuments and stuff to the goddess Diana so they could worship it, right? And Paul says this, he goes, hey, I want you guys to understand this. People from the line of David, Jewish people, you Greek people, one team. Everybody's on my team. Everybody gets the same benefits. Everybody gets the same love. Everybody has the same access. Everybody gets the same deliverance. Everybody gets the same eternity. That's awesome. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go play. I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. I know this. At no time in my life was I ever worthy of my own account for God to do what he's done for me. And never in my whole life with all my problems and shortcomings and stuff even still today, right? I will never turn my back on him. I will never stop taking my shift. I will never stop jumping in at the opportunity to cut the ice one more time, to go up and pass the puck one more time, to shoot one more time. It's an awesome thing. And I'll tell you, I, you know, I, just, I see God moving so powerfully and so strongly. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things I'm excited about is, is Brett Hammond and his wife, Krista, and this morning, I didn't give him any warning because I wanted him to be impromptu because I'm going to ask him to come up right now. Yeah, please do that. So there's a couple, there's, you know, I just want, there's something, like, before I ask you some questions, I want to yeah. clear the air. Okay, we played Thursday night, and uh, you went around me and scored a goal. <laughs> so number one... It was cheap. It was a cheap. I don't even. I, I don't even know if a, if really a self-respecting hockey player would like count that as a goal. But um, you know. And number two, I am your immediate boss. So you know, I'm just saying. I'm saying. Just saying. No. Hey, we have a lot of fun. And Brett is an excellent. He's an excellent athlete. But the guy can really play hockey really, really well. He's he's fantastic. And uh, I, all I got to say is this: this coming Thursday night. At Minnesota Maid Arena, Brett Hammond's team is going to be playing Josh McGuire's team for the league championship this year. So, so you, if you want to come to that, I don't know if Jill can make whatever those Rice Krispie bars are for everybody. I'll help if I need to. But come and, and play. It's, there's no admission, and it's definitely worth the price of admission. So come and watch these guys play. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's a lot of fun. But, but these two guys are just fantastic young guys, and you can really play, dude. I am Thank so... You. So psyched, but um, last year, just not even quite a year ago, um, I was sitting down with, with Brad and Josh. We're talking about um, youth guys and stuff like that, and and uh, I, I had in the back of my mind that I just wanted to talk to Brad about maybe being an intern for us. And um, Brett's a young Christian. Two years this coming May, so two years this coming May. So Brett's a young Christian. And you don't want to put a young Christian in a situation that's over his head. You want to be responsible in that. But the Lord had really marked him in my mind and in my heart. 
And so I was praying about it, and I mentioned it to Josh and Brad, and Josh said, hey, why don't you go talk to Brett? And I'm going, okay, very, there it is, validation, right? I'm already thinking this, and then Josh says it. So I went and talked to Brett. I said, Brett, we need an intern guy. Um, can, can, will you think about that? And he goes, yes. Like right there on the spot, he says, yes. All right? Brett grew up in a house where they did not want him to know Jesus. And it led to some incredible things in his life, some real hard personal issues and things that almost destroyed him. And I'm going to say this because I know I can because he's been very forthright about saying it. But if you look, Brett has, well, you got a couple tattoos. One's for fun, Darth Vader, right? Yep. But, but he's got a tattoo on his wrist, and it's to cover up the marks from where he tried to attempt suicide. Brett's a real logical, systematic thinker, but he kept searching because he knew there was more out there than this. And he found Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. So we get together almost every week outside of work here that he does with the young people. But um, this last week, he and I were sitting down and talking, and that's why I brought him up, because I just want you to hear a couple things from a guy who's just been saved, coming up on two years. So Brett, what's God doing for you personally in your time with him? Yeah, so, you know, you always hear people talk about when they pray that the Holy Spirit gives them the words to say, or that you've heard words from God giving you direction. And being new uh, to Christianity, I've kind of thought about those things as kind of supernatural, and I don't really accept them. And just growing, I I think the kids helped me grow so much in my faith uh, that it was a couple months after I got the official job in November where I said like a two-minute prayer over the kids, and I looked up and I was like, what the heck did I just say? Like, I, I didn't remember a single word I said. The Holy Spirit truly took over my heart and gave me all the words to say. And just recently, I had uh, God speak to me while I was sitting at work on the computer, just going, going, going. And all of a sudden, I just felt like I got punched in the face. And God said, you need to call your aunt right now. Uh, she lives in South Dakota. So I stopped exactly what I was doing, went to a quiet part, gave her a call. And she was like, Brett, I needed this phone call at this very moment more than anything I've needed. She had a tough conversation to have with her son uh, just that, smart, that morning. And just those two, those two moments where God truly let me know that I'm on his team. And, and I had the validation because you never know what your heart really feels. And I like to think in my mind that I've accepted Christ as my Savior, but God truly knows my heart, and I think uh, just the growth that I've had, especially with the kids, uh, that God really showed me that my heart is where it's supposed to be. Okay, you mentioned the kids a couple times. What's going on in our youth group right now? Man, the growth is just amazing. You see people, uh, some, some of the kids are gone today on spring break, but you know I've only been there really since July of last year, and to see where so many of these kids are, today that is just so different and the willingness to be open about who they are, what changes they need to make because we're not perfect. We still try to strive for being better at something and the kids darn well aren't perfect. We know that. I mean, whether you're in sixth grade or a senior in high school and they're willing to be open about that. And when I ask them these tough questions about what they want to change in their lives or how they see God moving to hear these answers from teenagers is just phenomenal, and the the time that they spend <clears throat> with our Bible studies or at events 
whether it's the parents making them show up or not, they're still showing up, so that's good. And they're having fun, and I see everybody having fun. It's like a family. And, you know, I see, like, Hunter and Wyatt, who are not brothers. They're not related. And they laugh. I've never seen two people laugh more when they hang out together. And it's just see that camaraderie and this family growing together, and it's just so special to be a part of. That's great. Well, thanks, Brett. Thanks for coming up. I appreciate it. So one of the things we keep mentioning is we're just letting God work through us. As a Christian now, God separates you and makes you holy and makes you able to live a life pleasing to him, acceptable to him. He makes that happen. Up until that point, until you ask Christ to be your savior, that's an impossibility. Okay. Two. It says, Christ, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand. We're made for good works. We don't ask Christ to be our Savior because of our good works. Okay, we're made for them. So God knew beforehand what he wanted to gift you with. He has a plan for your life. Brett's chasing hard after it. Many others in this church are chasing hard after it. You may be this morning, and I hope this is encouraging to you if you are. Maybe you're struggling with that, and if you are, that's okay too. Do you realize it's okay to not be okay? Right, based on everything we've been saying this morning. But if you're not okay, don't become an island. The person sitting next to you or near you in the pew, someone that you know, they're there. God's put them in your life. Use it. Okay? Enjoy those relationships. Jump on board. Maybe you get to talk to Josh, jump in to be one of our community group people. Okay? Now, as Christians then, as believers, as people are holy and separate, we understand this. Jesus died because God created us in his own image. We are his image bearers now, and we're called to reflect his character to the rest of the world. Know that others are made in his image too, and we're called to cherish all human life, even in the lives of our enemies. Yes, referees even need Jesus, right? Everyone. There are forces, actually there's a force, the prince of the power of this air. He has a very short time remaining on this planet to be in charge of anything, but God's letting him run amok as part of God's perfect outworking plan that's happening. And he is right now trying to divide people in a way that I've never seen before. People are angry, people are aggressive, people are out of control, and they think that they're different from you in some way, shape, or form, whatever it is that they want to choose, and because of that difference, they're going to separate. I'm telling you this. We're going to take some shots. See, the other team, they're dirty. They play dirty, and we know that going into the game. So we're going to take some shots, but I want you to go out there this week, if you know Christ is your Savior, and I want you to go out there and share the good news of God's love with as many people as you can. When God gives you opportunity and he will give you opportunity, be bold and take it. Do not be fearful. Hey, and I understand if you're a rookie, you just got new on the team and you're fearful, that's okay, but don't quit. Don't quit. Don't back down. Don't shut up. Don't quit. Don't ever give up. Be willing to be bad long enough that you can get to be somewhat good at sharing Christ. And I'll tell you what, you, you let God take your imperfect ways and let him work supernaturally through that to have the end result that he wants to have. And number one, every time you do that, I'll tell you what, he's changing you. 
He's growing you. All right? And there will be a day that will come and someone that you talk to will come up to you and say, listen, remember years ago, remember last month, remember last week, and you came up to me, God used you to touch my life for eternity. I asked Jesus Christ to be my savior. That can happen for you. That's what your goal should be in life. That's walking in the life that God's called you to. All right? We are his poem. You are his unique masterpiece. You are his creation. And today, as we leave here, you get a second training and second hour, go ahead and take advantage of it. We got the truth project going on. We got what? 105's got what? The book of John. Oh, dude, that's like my favorite book in the Bible, the book of John, right? I mean, whenever someone asks Christ to be their savior, that's the first place I send them. Right? Go to the book of John. Learn it. There's a training for you afterwards so you can walk out of here this morning fully equipped, bright-eyed, sanctified, wide-eyed, and just on fire all right, to go out and get it. And when Pastor Brad comes back, maybe we'll have 400 people in here. Who knows? It'd be awesome. Right? But I said, I'm over time. Wow, I'm over time. That's surprising. All right, hey, I'll, I'm going to shut up. Can we just pray? All right. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, I want you to do that this morning. If you're here and you heard that, and that made sense to you, God's inviting you to do that this morning. And it's just simply this. God, I agree with you. I know I'm a sinner. I know Jesus is the Savior. Please make him mine. I know he wants to go to the penalty box for me. I'm going to let him. I want to be your child. Maybe this morning you've been saved, and it's maybe years or maybe a short period of time. You say, God, listen, I just want to be what you're trying to make me, I just surrender to that. Sanctify me. Make me holy in your image. Let me walk in your ways in a life that's approved by you. We thank you, Jesus, for listening to us. We thank you for your inworking in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.